I'm Scott Cullen, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's episode, the Tampa Bay Lightning have taken the, the lead in their series with the Islanders. The Habs and Vegas are even uh, going into Game 3. Uh, but first, I got involved in a, a Twitter debate yesterday in the aftermath of Montreal Canadiens general manager Mark Bergevin being named a finalist for GM of the Year. Well, I have a case against Bergevin. Okay? First of all, Montreal Canadiens had the worst record among playoff teams. They had 59 points in 56 games. Like, in a full season, that would be 86 points. Can you imagine the GM of the year uh, for a team that had an 86-point season? Uh, They were worse than the New York Rangers, who cleaned house in their front office. Uh, And it sure seemed like Bergman was headed for the chopping block late in the regular season as the Habs limped to the finish line and when they were down 3-1 to Toronto in the first round. Uh, Basically, all of the insiders were adamant. Expectations were such that missing the playoffs or getting bounced quickly would not be an acceptable outcome. Uh, for Montreal, which is fair enough, uh, given Bergevin's tenure in Montreal. But the Canadians rallied against Toronto, and they won the series in seven games. Then they got a bit of a bonus. The underdog Winnipeg Jets eliminated the Edmonton Oilers in round one, giving Montreal a more favorable second-round matchup. And the Habs capitalized, especially once Jets' top center, Mark Shifley, was suspended after the first game. Now, the Habs are in the semifinals, and this is a really great outcome for this team. But it's also a real stretch to give Bergevin massive credit. At the end of the regular season, there was no one talking about how Mark Bergevin had set the Canadians up for playoff success. Of course, no one knew that Carey Price was going to stop 93% of the shots in the playoffs after stopping 90% during the regular season. That's a massive difference, by the way. Uh, If we're talking a seven-game playoff series, that's at least a couple of hundred shots. That's a six-goal swing in seven games. So if you're convinced that these Habs are built for the postseason and that's why they're having this success... I'll suggest that they wouldn't have been crawling into the playoffs if their goaltending had been performing at this level during the regular season. Now, Bergevin also fired head coach Claude Julien when Montreal was 9-5-4 to start the season. They had the best 5-on-5 shot differentials and expected goals uh, at the time of Julien's firing, only to get worse results with new coach Dominique Ducharme. Montreal faithful will say is because there was COVID-19, but having worse results under difficult circumstances, is hardly a reason to win an award. There's my case. Let's take a look at Bergevin's case then. So first up, he signed Tyler Toffoli. That alone, that that might be his uh, reason for being considered for the award. It was a great deal uh, the day it was signed, and then Toffoli had the best season of his career. And he's been Montreal's best skater in the postseason. So win all the way around, that's full credit for that signing. He signed Corey Perry. Now, this sort of fell into Bergevin's lap because Perry was not drawing a lot of interest uh, on the free agent market and the Canadians signed him at the end of the offseason. He started the year on the taxi squad. He had 21 points and 62 shots on goal in 49 games during the regular season. So it requires a real romanticism to suggest that signing uh, Perry was impactful. Uh, But he does have eight points in 13 playoff games, so he has contributed uh, certainly enough uh, for a guy on a minimum contract. Uh, they traded for and signed Joel Edmondson. Uh, that's worked out fine. Uh, Edmondson's capable as a top four defenseman. I'll admit I was skeptical uh, about it at the time, uh, at, but I also acknowledged at the time uh, that the signing of Ben Sherratt the year before uh, was a little suspect and it seemed to work out okay. So there was a possibility that uh, that could be the case with Edmondson. Uh, and now, uh, I will say Edmondson's performance was fine this year. I'm not sure we want to get into uh, the results for Ben Sherratt. Um, 
So uh, what else did uh, Bergman do? Brought in Jake Allen to be Carey Price's backup. This move was lauded by many uh, before and after the fact. Uh, Allen was making $4.35 million against the cap. He was the most expensive backup goaltender and had a below average season, a 907 save percentage behind an above average defense. I, I don't know why we would give credit for that, but there are people who are trying to do that. Uh, he traded Max Domi for Josh Anderson. That's probably good. He signed Josh Anderson to a seven-year, $38.5 million extension. That's probably bad. Anderson scored 17 goals during the regular season. Uh, so, you know, the and he, and he adds an element that the, the Canadians kind of are perpetually searching for, a, a power forward. Uh, but he also has one point in his past 24 games right now. So that's more than a little rough uh, for the highest paid forward uh, on the team this season. At the trade deadline, the Canadians are in... Playoffs or bust mode, they acquired Eric Stahl, Eric Gustafson, and John Merrill. I, I, I don't know what we're supposed to, to do with that. I mean, Stahl has contributed a few points in the playoffs, but he's also played less than any other Montreal forward uh, in the postseason. So we're, we're not handing out GM of the Year awards uh, based on those uh, acquisitions, I would certainly hope. Uh, the Canadians did bring in Alexander Romanov, uh, the rookie defenseman from Russia, uh, who played a lot during the regular season, has seen a few games uh, in the playoffs. Uh, they got Cole Caulfield, uh, who was signed after he finished his season at the University of Wisconsin. Now, are either of those real credits uh, towards the GM of the year discussion? like, Or is it just the default position? Like, Was there anyone suggesting the Canadians should keep Caulfield in college for another year? I don't think so. Uh, you know, they, they did the thing that I, everybody would do. Uh, in any case, None of this was is to suggest that Mark Bergevin is awful and hopeless and should be fired. That wasn't the, the whole point. This is more along the lines of if the award uh, is going to be you know, determined uh, by the, the results of two to three weeks of playoff hockey, well, it becomes relatively meaningless. The, the, the Canadians this year didn't even meet expectations. Going into the season, their over-under for points was 65 and a half, which had them kind of around 12th in the league. My projections had them finishing second in the North Division, one point behind Toronto. They ended up fourth, 18 points behind. And this is the guy who's a finalist for GM of the year? Uh, I, I don't get it. You know, I'm good with Bill Zito uh, there. I mean, they made a lot of changes in Florida. Four of the top seven uh, scorers on the Panthers were uh, acquisitions from last offseason. And I, I suppose I'm all right with Lou Lamarillo, though I think Lamarillo is getting a bit of the same recency bias as, as Bergevin is. Uh, but for my money, Joe Sackick uh, would have warranted a spot as uh, the finalist. He brought in uh, Devon Taves uh, from the Islanders, Brandon Saad from Chicago, both of them for peanuts. Uh, that probably warranted a spot, but you know the Avalanche didn't reach the semifinal, so obviously that wasn't good enough. Uh, what, what can I say? I, I'm skeptical of the uh, uh, the criteria being used for GM of the year. We'll leave it at that. And and so when we come back, we will take a look. Uh, at uh, Thursday night's game between the New York Islanders uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then we will look ahead uh, to Friday's action uh, with the Habs uh, hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, so in Game 3 of the semifinal series, the Tampa Bay Lightning win 2-1 over the New York Islanders. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck uh, scores in a a bit of a scramble uh, for the Islanders. Uh, Braden Point and Yanni Gord uh, score for Tampa Bay. Uh, Matthew Barzal had nine shot attempts, but only two shots on goal uh, for the Islanders. So he was getting chances, but he wasn't getting them through. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky stopped 27 of 28 shots uh, for the Lightning. Uh, and uh, 
the, the Lightning had uh, kind of players on both ends of the possession spectrum. David Savard, uh, buried in his own end, had a 23.3% Corsi in the game, while center Anthony Sorelli uh, had a 78.3% uh, Corsi. And, and really, the way this game was played uh, actually kind of went uh, in favor of the Islanders. Like, the yes, the, the Lightning won, but they played the Islanders game. They grind, played a grinded-out style. Uh, there weren't that many shots on goal. Um, and, and in the long run, that's probably better for the Islanders. Uh, you know, they don't want to trade chances up and down the ice with the lightning. Uh, but if it becomes a grinded out battle where the scores are going to be two, one or three, two, uh, and ultimately we're talking one goal games where, you know, bounces, uh, have a, an outsized impact. Well, that, that improves the Islanders chances of winning. And, uh, so, you know, when you're playing a team as skilled as Tampa Bay, there are very few teams that want to, uh, you know, go toe to toe with Tampa Bay. I think you know Vegas and Colorado uh, would be in, in that uh, in that frame of mind. I think Carolina was in that uh, frame of mind as well. They just uh, they didn't uh, have the results to to pay off, but they were, they were willing to uh, trade chances uh, with Tampa Bay. I think the Islanders are in a different uh, strategy. That the Islanders want to clamp down. Uh, and, and play a counterattacking game. And if they can keep it to, you know, shots are 28-25 or 27-25 instead of 38-35 or something like that, that plays to their advantage. And so uh, I think uh, if you're uh, the Islanders, yes, you, you're, you're not looking for moral victories at, at this point of the season, but you have to look at the, the way Thursday's game went uh, and, and figure you, you, you want to keep uh, games along those lines. Uh, playing that style, and hoping uh, that you can kind of neutralize uh, Tampa Bay's advantage. And, and I mean, their advantage is, uh, you know, one they hold on most teams in the league is that their high-end skill guys are really at the very top end. Um, you know, there are very few teams, if any, you know, maybe Colorado, maybe Vegas, uh, that can, you know, compare the, the high-end skill uh, of guys like uh, Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and, and Hedman. That's... Uh, you know that that's the the daunting challenge for any team uh, that's facing the defending Stanley Cup champions here uh, is that uh, you you might be able to do everything right and then one of those guys uh, goes out and makes an incredible play and in, in your in all of a sudden the puck's in your net and so that's uh, if you're the Islanders and you can uh, keep the the Lightning grinding and slow it down and not as many chances uh, that does give you uh, a better chance to win and really that's you know that's uh, got to be their uh, sort of the path that they uh, try to take uh, if they're going to be successful uh, in this series. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have nine delicious flavors. Plus, they occasionally have some limited-time uh, flavors as well, but their standards are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. It's a great variety, something for everyone. Uh, my favorites are the peanut butter brownie and salted caramel, but if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of those nine flavors, you sample them for yourself and decide... Uh, which built bar is for you. Uh, but not only do they have these great flavors, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. And so they taste great. Uh, it tastes like a, a nice snack uh, and they're healthy. Uh, they have lots of protein, low calorie, low sugar, low carbs. Uh, and uh, if, you know, what I use them for is when I uh, started going to an outdoor boot camp, uh, figured I'd lean into the, the whole process, made built bars part of the post-workout routine, uh, get a little bit of a protein boost for my muscles. And um, I think I've had a little bit of success. So uh, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
And so now we look ahead to uh, Friday night's game of the National Hockey League. Uh, and boy, it's a doozy. Uh, we've got uh, Vegas uh, minus 158 at Montreal on betonline.ag, uh, which is that's probably more than I would uh, favor Vegas in this game. But we've, we've run into some news uh, on Friday, and it's that uh, Montreal Canadiens coach Dominique Ducharme uh, is... Uh, likely going to, you know, be out for the, maybe the next 10 days uh, because he's uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And, uh, you know, now uh, we're all going to be uh, treading uh, very, very carefully because Dominic Ducharme has obviously um, been around, uh, you know, many players on the bench. And, and uh, the, the Canadians, uh, the reports I saw online, it, it was June 9th uh, that uh, most of them got their, uh, their second shots. Uh, and so they, you know, they're not quite uh, to the point where they should uh, kind of be, be considered fully vaccinated. Uh, it's usually a couple of weeks. Um, I say that as somebody who's re- recently received their second shot and I'm just counting down the days. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the best laid plans here uh, for hoping that this, this season uh, can, you know, make, make its way through uh, you you can hardly afford to sit here in the semifinals and all of a sudden have you know half a dozen Montreal Canadiens get uh, taken down uh, by COVID nineteen and so um, in you know in the absence of Dominic Ducharme I mean the, that that is uh, going to you know pose an immediate problem here is that Montreal is going to have uh, somebody else behind the bench and, and it's not somebody who has you know massive experience like you remember last year in the uh, when they went into the bubble and, and Claude Julien. Uh, had some health problems, and so Kirk Muller uh, stepped in. Well, Kirk Muller had lots of experience on an NHL bench, and, uh, and it, it wasn't a huge surprise that uh, that Muller could handle uh, that opportunity. Uh, well, what happens here for Montreal now? Like Luke Richardson has done some coaching in the American Hockey League. Uh, you know, Alex Burrows. Uh, could you bring him in? I, I I imagine Richardson is probably the one who's uh, you know set up to to fill in uh, if that's the case, but. You know, it's a it's a big step, uh, you know, to not only step into you know be a, a head coach, but do it kind of you know in the middle of the Stanley Cup semifinals, um, when you when you haven't done it before. I think that's a, a you know a pretty big ask. Uh, at the same time, uh, so I, I don't I, I don't love uh, Vegas at that price because I think Montreal has uh, has shown here in the playoffs that they can at least be competitive, and and if Carey Price continues to play well, uh, it's tough to. Uh, to pay a huge premium against, uh, and uh, and you know, does the does the absence of Dominic Ducharme make uh, the difference? I don't know. I think we'll, we'll, we will see a lot uh, in this game about uh, you know whether uh, the rest of the organization can prepare the players and, and uh, put them in a position here where they they still have a chance. Uh, because I mean, not only is this going to affect uh, this game, uh, but uh, if Dominic Ducharme is out for uh, 10 days, if that's how long he has to be quarantined, uh, or at least away from the team, then, you know, the, he's, he's missing the rest of this series and, you know, possibly, uh, into the cup final, uh, depending on how quickly that turns around. So, uh, this is a, a, you know, a, another hurdle for Montreal to, uh, to overcome <laughs> tying this into the beginning segment. Uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, give, give uh, GM of the year, Mark Bergman, maybe he'll step in uh, on the bench. No, I, I, I don't imagine that's the case, but um, in a, anyway, we will, we'll see how uh, Friday night's game goes and, and what the word is uh, finally on, on Dominic Ducharme, but uh, we are getting uh, something a little bit different 
uh, again, uh, <laughs> in, 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 until we get past uh, COVID, uh, apparently we're, we're just always going to be uh, waiting for that next news dump and, and for something big to come through. And that's what happened Friday afternoon. Uh, we find out that Dominic Ducharme is not going to be uh, behind the Habs bench. Uh, and uh, that throws another wrinkle uh, into uh, the Habs playoff run here. But uh, having said all that, I still think that they're uh, should not be uh, underdogs by as much as they are uh, against Vegas on Friday on betonline.ag. Uh, that will do it for today. Uh, and uh, we will uh, hopefully have more news the ne- when, uh, next time uh, I'm back here uh, talking to you about uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think we're, we're going to start uh, doing some more off-season uh, preparation uh, moving forward. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks stop Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets from sending them home. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And that will do it for today. Enjoy the games. You can check out my work at The Athletic and McKean's Hockey as well as scottcullenhockey.substack.com. Also, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Find those podcasts, subscribe, maybe drop in a five-star rating on Apple, uh, check it out on Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. But Dave was here. Dave's a killer! Yeah, yeah. Dave's a killer. Dave's a mess. Yeah. Okay, but Dave's out. Who's going to take his place? Is the answer Jesus? <laughs>